0: Good morning. It is awesome. Awesome to be here. The Lord blesses us with so many things, and and being here is just worshiping Him, and and again, being with you all is, is, is a blessing. Being with each other. As I told the children, sometimes kids think maybe that they might be, well, we just refer to some kids as being a little stuck up sometimes, right? But as adults, sometimes we get that, we get things reversed too. And we put our worth and our value ahead of other people's. Have you ever seen that happen before? When somebody, maybe you, or me, I know I've done it a few times in my life. Um, few years ago, many years ago, when I was in business, I worked for a company that every quarter we would have these managers meeting. They would put us up in a pretty nice hotel. I enjoyed it. Pretty nice hotel. I mean, it, I grew up, I was very blessed growing up, but we didn't have a lot of extra things, you know, so I'd go to these nice hotels with a suite, man. It was, it was pretty nice, and it was good for Rhonda, too, because she wouldn't have to put up with me for a day or two. So it worked out pretty well for, for everybody. But this one night in particular, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we go to this hotel. I go to check in, and they tell me that my room's not ready. I said, okay. And again, there's, I don't know, probably 100 of us there with this company, and um, we all get pretty decent rooms. And they're like, your room is not ready. Do you want to go? uh, And 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 I had people there. I said, no problem. I'll come back in about an hour. So about an hour, I came back, and they're like, "Sir, your room is still not ready." So okay, no problem. So I went and hung out with some friends again, and thinking when went they dinner, and I came back, and they're like, "Sir, we still don't have a room for you." I'm like, "Whoa, okay, I can still wait." And the lady at the front desk kind of joked, said, "We may have to put you in the penthouse." said, fine, I've heard of a penthouse before. Well, I've never actually seen one. So I go back, and by this time, it's, it's getting pretty late. And she said, it's your lucky night. You've had to wait, but you're going to be in the penthouse. And she said, this person here will show you to your room. I'm like, I thought she was kidding. And I go up, you've got to have a special key to get to this floor. Top floor of this hotel room, there's only two rooms up there. And one of them's mine. I, I go, and, and I kind of joke with my friends when I didn't have a room. They were making fun of me. I said, no, you got you to understand, they're getting my room. My room's going to be special. They're going to get it ready for me. They've told me that it's going to be ready. But I go up there and there's two double doors with lion's heads on these doors. I'm like, man. And the person that walked me up actually opened the door for me. And this suite is bigger than the house I grew up in. I mean, it's like two, separate hou- two suites with separate houses on each side. I'm like, who's going to be here? With- this is your room tonight. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so I started calling all my friends and said, they got my special room ready. Meet me in the lobby. Well, why don't we just come? Well, you can't come up by yourself. you got to have my key. <laughs> and I said, when you're really important, this is the way people treat you. Get on the elevator and let's go to my room. Man, we had the best time. That was, uh, was a TV in the bathroom. Each bathroom. I sat there and watched it for a minute because I could. It was unbelievable. And there was a person down the hall that said, if you need anything, just call me. So I tested them. Could you bring me some ice? They brought it. Wait, I don't have a drink to put in this. Guys, can you bring me? They brought it. I'm like, this is great. All my friends sitting around. I think, we, I think about 12 of us slept in that room that night. <laughs> and I played like I earned that room. That special room was just for me. In reality, they blessed me with that room because they didn't have anywhere else. They had overbooked. It was awesome. But again, until probably a few months later, all the people that I worked with thought that I had earned that room. They thought because of the things that I had done. That's where I was. They didn't know I was homeless just an hour ago. They just put me up here, you know. And this morning, as we look at this scripture, it's a parable about how we're called to take the lowest place. And Rhonda titled this sermon, the cheap seats for me. She actually did. I said, well, Rhonda, when you look at me what do you think? She said cheap. (laughs) No, that's a joke. That's honestly a joke. (laughs) But she did title it. But I want to start out just by reading this parable. And it's found in Luke chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 7 through 11. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for your wonderful blessings. Lord, thank you for this scripture. Lord, thank you for always blessing us with more than we deserve. I just pray that this morning, Lord, that you open our minds, you open our hearts, Lord, and we receive the message that, uh, that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Again, the cheap she- seats, the, the lowest place. If it weren't for God, I just want to tell you right now, if it weren't for God we would be in the lowest place. Everything we have is because of what he's blessed us with. Everything. If you look around, everything that you own, everything that you eat is because God loves you. Because God loves you. And we are blessed people. My natural personality, I know for you all it's hard to believe, but Rhonda can testify to this I was very shy my natural personality is actually to be very reserved and then when I started coming out of my shell when I was selling things I had to go communicate for a living I kind of went the other way I kind of overcompensated my meekness my humbleness with a little bit of cockiness especially when things started going well for me I, I thought I was pretty good at some things And what I've learned, no matter what business I've been in or how I've made a living, that we have to learn and we have to accept gifts every day because we can't do anything on our own. And even the more knowledge I gain, the more knowledge that I gain in my life, in my mind, I realize that I have so much more to learn. I have so much more to learn. The things that I know, the things that I... I I accept the love that I receive. It's all a blessing from God. I've earned none of it. But getting back to this parable, earlier in chapter 14, Jesus had gone to eat at a house of one of the Pharisees on the Sabbath, and they watched him very closely. The Pharisees watched Jesus very closely. In Luke 14:1, it says. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of the leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they, they were watching him. So the folks were watching the way Jesus was carrying himself. Later on in chapter verse two. Just then there walked a man with dropsy. And again, it's on the Sabbath. And Jesus. posed the question about healing on the Sabbath to ask if it was lawful. And Jesus asked them in the law of the Pharisees, is it lawful to cure people on the Sabbath or not? But they were silent. They didn't didn't answer Jesus. Jesus took him and healed him anyway. Jesus healed the man then he said to them, if one, of your, if one of you has a child or an ox that has fallen into a well, will you not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath? Again, they were watching Jesus. They were trying to find him doing something wrong. They were trying to find him doing something wrong. And he did heal on the Sabbath. And they were going to use that against him, of course. But again, he asked him if your child child needed something. If you had an ox, if you had to get something, if you had to do something, wouldn't you do it? You see, Jesus loves us so much that love is greater than the law of the Sabbath. If we need help, we call on Jesus any day. Again, but they couldn't answer him. But you see, while they were watching Jesus, I think Jesus was also watching them. Luke 14.7 that I just read says when he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. So Jesus was watching the way people were coming in and taking their seats. And he had noted noticed that they, um, as they were invited, they would go to the highest place to sit. If I'm not mistaken, the tables were shaped in a U. They were set up shaped in a U, and the higher you went towards that end, the, the, the more clout you had or the more honored you were. And Jesus tells this parable to say that if you go up to the honored seat and somebody has to ask you to move back, that's kind of a disgrace. You should take the lower seat and then the guest could ask you, I didn't pay for that penthouse. Matter of fact, I didn't even pay for the regular hotel room that my company paid for. But they moved me up to that and instead of giving, uh, saying that I didn't earn, I, I tried to let on that I did earn that. Have you ever done that in your life where you really got something of honor that you've just been blessed and you took credit for it sometimes it's human nature but this parable is for us to think about it's for for us to live lives that's not about ourselves the needs of others are much more important than our needs the needs of others are Or what we should be concerned with. Giving other people honor. Giving Christ honor. That's what we should be doing. Again, these people were seating, they were seating themselves at places of honor. Which posed Jesus to actually tell them this parable. And again, this is a wedding feast. A big deal, but it's a common event in Jesus' day. And again, he told this parable about, uh, to warn people about sitting in the highest place. Instead, he counsels them to sit at the lowest place, the cheap seats. The cheap seats. Then he says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You see, Jesus also told another parable in Luke 18 about the Pharisee and the tax we went through that lesson just a, a few weeks ago about how the Pharisee was thankful that God had made him as well as he did, that he was not like the tax collector and other sinners, that he was above that. And, of course, the tax collector couldn't even lift his eyes up and said, Lord, thank you for even blessing me, a tax collector. Sometimes we think our positions are positions earn us respect. Our positions earn us honor. In reality, the only position we have is because of what Jesus has done for us. The only position we have, the only way we can have a relationship of, with God is because of Jesus' sacrifice, not anything we can do on our own. Again, but we live in a society now where, you know, being Humble sometimes is a sign of weakness. We live in a society now where people like things spoken fast and loud and in your face. And even compromise sometimes can be a sign of weakness. It's kind of the world we live in right now. In reality, in reality, we should be putting other people's needs ahead of ours. Instead of patting ourselves on the back, we should be lifting others up. Even the ones who may act like they have more or or better, they're usually like that to cover a weakness. We need to love them anyway. But again, our behavior needs to be modeled after the behavior of Christ, about after this parable. That's the way we should be modeling ourselves. You know, also we live in a, a world where we can say anything. Man, I can I can say something, and if I wanted to, I can get it all over the world pretty quick. And I'm just a one person in a pretty rural area, but if I wanted to say something to people around the world, I can Broadcast and get people to share and share and share and share. And they'll get there pretty quick. It's kind of where we live. It's kind of that world we live in now. That information is readily available. And sometimes the messages we get don't reflect what we read in the Bible. Again, being very brash and bold Sales, being the one with the most being the smartest and letting everybody know it sells and our words can travel really fast and they have an impact but I'm telling you the impact that we really need to be making with our actions we can say anything we want to we can say anything we want to, but if we're not carrying out the lessons that Jesus modeled for us, our words are just words. It don't matter how strong and loud we say them. I can tell you that uh, I can tell you I love you. I really do. I love you. But unless I show you in my actions, do you really believe it? I can tell Rhonda that I love her. I do. But if I get mad and act like an idiot over something a cat did, maybe a week or so ago, a couple of times, Sometimes my actions don't always match those words. Don't really want to say what the cat did. <laughs> but he mistaked my side of the bed for the litter box a couple times. Yeah. I haven't been mad in a long time. I've really been... but Again, my actions... My actions speak louder than my words. We hear that all the time, but nothing is more true. Nothing is more true. If somebody here needed first aid right now, me standing over you and telling you how to do it does not do any good. If you're bleeding, you need a tourniquet. You don't need words. Do you understand? You can bleed to death when I tell you how much I love you. But if I'd shut up and put a tourniquet on you, then hug you, you would know that I love you. Love is making sacrifices. Being humble. Putting other people's needs ahead of your own. Even when you've got to change the sheets before you go to bed. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that. And I let my needs and my concerns get ahead of everything else. And when we reverse that, when we reverse that, our lives get chaotic. My cat loves me. Both of them. But they thought I was put on this earth to worship them. It's what a cat does. I mean, Sometimes we're like that with God, too. We think we're put here so God can just bless us, bless us. In reality, we're put here to worship God. And by doing... By worshiping God, we should be helping others. I should be... Taking the lowest place. You see, as leaders, sometimes... Again, in our society, we get things messed up and we think the one who is the most the one that's, that talked or the best leaders. In reality, Jesus gave us the perfect example of a leader. He washed his disciples' feet. When he came right down to it, when he could have taken, when he could have taken his place next to the Father, he... Allowed himself to be hung on a cross. That's how much Jesus loves us. Or oh, we can read those words in the Bible and they're very powerful. They're very powerful. But until we enter a relationship with Jesus Christ and we understand that sacrifice, that pain that he felt. That pain that he felt, the sacrifice he made, the pain he took on our behalf. Until we can understand that and understand that we don't really deserve anything. Everything we have, now and eternity, we owe to Jesus Christ. We don't even deserve the lower seat. But because he loves us so much. And he didn't just say that he loved us, he proved that he loved us. While he walked on earth, as he was being crucified, and the things that we're blessed with today, that shows you how much Jesus loves us. Jesus is our perfect example of a humble servant, a servant leader. Therefore, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're supposed to model his behavior. We're supposed to put other people's needs ahead of ours. We're supposed to take care of the poor, the needy. We're supposed to love each other. And not just say it, but actually, our actions should match our words. You see, we desire the Lord... We desire the Lord. We want the benefit of having him as our Savior. And we've all received that benefit. That's put our faith in him. But after that happens, we're called to show others the same grace and mercy that he's shown us. You see, we're called to walk humbly before him. Micah wrote, he has shown you, old man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? We're called to be humble. We're called to put other people's needs ahead of ours. Sometimes that's hard. Some people that we don't like need things, some people that don't act like us need things. And what they need is love and mercy and grace, just like we have been given from our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, uh, for making us who we are, Lord. And who we are is, we are your servants, Lord. Everything we do should be to be more like Jesus Christ. Lord, we should walk humbly. Lord, because we know that, uh, that we don't deserve anything you've blessed us with. But Lord, through a relationship with Jesus, through his sacrifice, and by him taking our place, Lord, we can have that relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for that this morning, Lord. And I just pray that if there's anyone here or anyone listening online, Lord, that may not have that relationship with you, that hasn't experienced that, Lord, that they come to a knowing, loving relationship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.